Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in, so you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great conversation. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you. Because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just 348 With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zikazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Videos moderated by real people who review content before it's posted to the feed. I love the dance challenges. I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids. <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. This is the Pittsburgh CityCast with Tim Benz, presented by Bet Rivers. Pittsburgh CityCast brought to you by Bet Rivers, in part coming to you today from fabulous Las Vegas. Mike Prasuda joins us once a week, and it is draft week. It is draft day, and Mike and the DVE Morning Show are out doing their program in Las Vegas in advance of the Steelers having the 20th overall pick, and maybe for the first time since Ben Roethlisberger in 2004, selecting a quarterback. In the first round, we're going to talk at length about that and some of the odds associated with it. But first, let me remind you that baseball is underway. Contrary to what you might think, if you've seen the crowds at PNC Park, and Bet Rivers has a special <laughs> for you every Saturday throughout the season, place a three-leg same-game parlay of at least $25, and you will earn a $10 free bet with same-game parlays. You can combine player props and game bets to make your perfect combo. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Claim your offer at BetRivers app or go to BetRivers.com. Presented by Rivers Casino. Must be 21. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. But we start with the draft. And Mike, first and foremost, how has Vegas treated you so far? So far, so good, Tim. Although I got to tell you that that uh, read that you just executed reminded me we're coming back on Saturday, and it was my hope and intention to take the family to the Pirates game on Sunday because Sunday, as you know, is bet against Mitch Keller Sunday. Right. So I wanted yes. to get I wanted to get out of PNC Park. So I called the Pirates tickets office and I said, "Hey, I, I I need six tickets for Sunday. And by the way, what time does the game start?" And they said, you need six tickets? What time can you get here? 
Well, apparently you told them, uh, let's see here. One, uh, one ten is what you told them. No, one thirty five is what you told them against the, uh, Oh, against Joe Musgrove, by the way, former bucko Joe Musgrove is pitching against bet against Mitch Keller Sunday. And it's bet on Joe Musgrove day too, because he's three and with a two sixteen ERA and a 0.88 whip. And I expect those numbers to crash after he faces the pirates again. Yeah, I don't know how long they're going to keep running Mitch Keller out there, Tim, but uh, still with seven wins in, I believe, 43 big league starts. He has started four games this season. He has not won any of them. Uh, the odds are in your favor. Yeah, we don't know what the odds are yet for Sunday, but trust us, they're in our favor if you're betting on the Padres. Uh, we'll get to more baseball later, but Mike, we got to get to the draft. We got to start with the draft. We do. Actually, you know, I'm going to modify that a little bit because we have tons of draft talk to get to, but I can't bring you on and talk to you without referencing the Ben Roethlisberger interview that you guys had today on the DV morning show first. What was the crack at the end that Ben had? Because one of you guys was joking with him about coming back out of retirement. I think it was Randy Bauman. Yeah, it just made, was. Who made some sort of joke about him coming back like Tom Brady did. And Ben's response was, correct me if I'm wrong here, but words to the effect of, well, first of all, my coach and my general manager don't want me back. Is that what he said? Yeah, I think that was pretty much it. Uh, I, I don't have it verbatim, but uh, I, I don't know if he was joking or it was one of those, uh, hey, it's funny because it's funny and it's funny because it's true. Ripping on the square. Type of revelations. But uh, yeah, it was good to, good to hear from Ben. And uh, I don't think we've heard the last of him on the morning show. I think uh, we, we may be hearing from him uh, perhaps in the fall periodically we'll see how that uh, goes but well he's got nothing to do he's bored so he's got to come on with you guys right yeah as he put it uh, to, you know bus driver and uh, number one assistant to the wife that's uh that's what retirement degenerates into sometimes <laughs> you'll find that out soon enough yourself right yeah i don't have the uh three kids of Ben's dealing with so <laughs> it's gonna be a little easier for me but uh that was good good to hear from him and uh, he had some thoughts like everybody else. Do the Steelers go offensive line? Do they go quarterback? Do they go defense? You know, those compelling questions. Uh, before we dig into all that, though, Tim, I, well, I, I think he's in the Tyler Linderbaum camp. That was a camp that was very prominent early in the draft season and has dissipated rapidly as the draft season has gone along. But for the second time, Ben made some sort of comment about Kendrick Green moving to guard like that way they can move Kendrick Green to guard. Well, first of all, they've got two guards. And secondly, they don't have the center yet. I mean, is Linderbaum going to be that much better than him? You know, it's interesting you bring him up because Tyler Linderbaum is like a lot of guys in this draft. You know, if you look at it uh, from 30,000 feet, at a lot of the positions, nobody great, but a lot of really good. And then Mm -hmm. it just depends on what flavor you prefer in terms of deciding whether the guy's really good or not. People can go after what they value, and it's not necessarily the same thing. So I think Linderbaum's a guy that could go mid-first round. I think he's a guy that could not go in the first round. Uh, I got him going real late uh, to Cincinnati, I believe, at uh, 31. But uh, Kendrick Green, according to Roethlisberger, back in December would be a dominating all-pro guard. Not all-pro, but a dominating guard. Uh, Mike Tomlin, in, in the immediate aftermath of the offseason, said the words to the effect, I'm not ready to write him off at center yet, but as the offseason has progressed and they've added more interior guys, now they're talking about, well, we'll see how it works out inside. We've got a lot of options. I still think their best uh, five would be 
the two tackles, Green and Okorafor. And then you've got uh, Dotson, if he can get himself available and be uh, a regular participant. He can be your left guard. Green can be your center. James Daniels can be your right guard. And uh, Mason, Mason Cole, Cole can be the interior swing guy. So that leaves, I think, developmental tackle on the board for the draft. But uh, to me, that would be a later round guy. I think they think they're much better along the offensive line than I do. I think they think they're better at cornerback than I do. Uh, those are two positions where if they walked away drafting somebody tonight, I'd be thrilled, but we just haven't been talking about them. Um, in fact, Mike, if you look at the odds, the, I think, position-by-position position odds for the Steelers, offensive line is at plus 350. Defensive back is plus 250. But I think that offensive line number is somewhat inflated by people who just assume that they look at the offensive line like the general public, which I don't think they do. And when you make it generic, like defensive back, well, that brings safety into the conversation. And safety, to me, is still very much in play, even though they signed Terrell Admins after the last time you and I spoke. Uh, in fact, Matt Williamson, who has been doing a podcast with me all week here on the CityCast, we went position by position. We taped up before the Edmonds signing, like a few hours before the Edmonds signing. And he was all about Dax Hill. And I called him back. Uh, he loves he loves Dax Hill. Yeah. And I've I done a lot him. of work with Matt on Steelers.com basically since last season ended looking ahead to the draft. And he's a huge Dax Hill fan, in part because Dax Hill can play corner or safety. Right, exactly. And I called him afterwards and I said, Hey, do you want to redo the last segment? Because Edmund signed and he said, Give me some time to think about it. And a couple of days went by and he said, No, that's who I want. I, I still am sticking with Dax Hill as their guys. Is that wise, Mike? Is, is that how they should approach it? I mean, it is just a one-year deal for Edmonds, and it's just Terrell Edmonds. I mean, it's not like they can't upgrade, and it's certainly not, not like they can't upgrade from the corners that they have either. Uh, that wouldn't be off my board either, Tim, or off my list of possibilities, but it would still be down the line. And I think one of the things that's governed the way I've set up what I think the Steelers should do is their complete inability to draft cornerbacks. I just kind of scratched it off my list. Uh, if you if you think you're weak, go get a guy in the spring. Keep an eye on the waiver wire in the summertime. Watch those final cuts in September. But but my God, don't draft Ricardo Coakley or uh, you know Sanquez. Yeah, uh, just don't go Hardy. there. There's, there's too much other stuff. I'm still where I've been for a while now in terms of my uh, priority list. Number one on my list would be Malik Willis. And uh, if you're still wondering why I'm so high on Malik Willis. By now, uh, go to pittsburghmagazine.com. My uh, column is up today, and uh, it's the Malik Willis uh, sales pitch, if you will. Second would be Jordan Davis from Georgia. Uh, third would be Devin Lloyd, the inside linebacker from Utah. Fourth would be wide receiver Traylon Burks from Arkansas, because I think he is the absolute best wide receiver fit for a Matt Canada offense. I don't think he's the best wide receiver available. He might not be the best wide receiver available when they pick, but he's the best fit here. And I think that's the thing that uh, teams got to make sure they are always cognizant of. You're not trying to win the draft. You're trying to win the Super Bowl. So you, you don't necessarily want the best player available. You want the best one for you, uh, the, the one that can help your team and do the things you want them to do. And I think Burks is a, a Matt Canada receiver, Debo Samuel in waiting. At least that's the rep. Uh, then after that, my you know my fifth option 
would be defensive back and uh, Dax Hill or Lewis seen from Georgia. Uh, I'm, I'm a huge fan of, I think he's at least as good of a safety as Hill. He doesn't quite have the corner capabilities, but he does run really well. He can cover the slot. At least he did in the national championship game. Uh, I, I think he could certainly help, particularly in this day and age, Tim, where uh, defenses in general and secondaries in particular are, are moving away from hard and fast definitions of what a guy does. And it's becoming more positionalist football where guys are just lining up where they line up. You know, particularly when you have a Minka Fitzpatrick who can do a lot of different things from snap to snap, you got to have other guys that are able to do different things. So, uh, you know, safety corner DB, I think is a good way to look at it. But since we got to Georgia and, and Lewis seen, I gotta, I gotta give you a, a, a gambling story here and then kind of set the scene for tonight. By the way, uh, I was looking for this. I don't have odds on the number of Georgia players drafted. I have SEC players drafted. Yeah, I didn't see a specific team one either. But The SEC uh, is 10 and a half, by the way. Yeah, I'm going under there. Under? Uh, All right. Uh, I woke up this morning and uh, I turned on the TV and ESPNU is rerunning Georgia, Missouri from last season. And it reminded me that I went to the opener for Georgia last year. They played in Charlotte. It was the Dukes Mayo classic. Was that the seven, uh, three game? Uh, 10, 10, three, 10 Georgia, three. Okay. Georgia against Clemson. And uh, I went down to my stepson lives down there. So it was a night game. And I think we started drinking about two o'clock in downtown Charlotte. We're just uh, the, the color pageantry. Yes. Uh, the, the, the new year's Eve like atmosphere was phenomenal, but we had Clemson for whatever reason. And at halftime, it was seven, nothing Georgia on a pick six. And it looked like Clemson was going to have a hard time falling forward the rest of the day. So the second half line was Georgia minus two and a half. We jumped on that just to kind of squash the day. And both teams ended up, uh, uh, Clemson got one field goal and and, and Georgia got one. Uh, So it held, but um, this Georgia team, Tim, I'm looking at Dane Brugler's top top 100 players. Dane Brugler is a draft guy for the Athletic, and I, I have a lot of respect for his work. He's got 74, excuse me, nine Georgia players in the first 74. Okay, Jeez. number number nine is linebacker Channing Tindall, inside linebacker. You know how many games he started in his career at Georgia? No, zero. <laughs> and he's the 74th best player available, and he is going to get drafted and somebody's going to love him. You got Trayvon Walker fourth. You got Devonte Wyatt and Jordan Davis, 23rd and 24th. You got Quay Walker, 31 scene, 33 George Pickens. I mean, that's rec- almost the whole sec number right there. Mike, practically Pickens, a wide receiver was hurt all year. Uh, he's 47th. Uh, one of the offensive linemen, Jamari Salier, 54th. And then, Channing Tindall, 74th. This Georgia team loaded. I'm watching this Missouri game today. They're going to go on to win this one, 43 to 6. Uh, when in doubt, go Georgia. They got six. When in doubt, go Georgia, if you're, uh, if you're wondering. So you have no qualms then with them potentially taking Lewis Seen, who's also apparently, I don't want to say a football savant, but I guess he wowed everybody with his interviews too, from what I understand. Great interviews and the point he was trying to make at the combine and in the offseason. He's, he's got a reputation as a thunderous hitter, but he's telling everybody, and I'm believing him, that he's not just a box safety. Uh, he's He has the football IQ and the understanding. Uh, as he told Stacey Dales of the NFL Network, if guys are lined up wrong, I get them lined up right. 
And uh, I watched the national championship game a few times since it was played and he can cover. Uh, he made a pass defense play on a blitz. So I think he's a pretty complete player and, and no, bringing back Terrell Edmonds. I'm all in favor of it, but a one year, $2.5 million deal. I don't think that's necessarily long-term commitment. I, don't, I think that's, do you want to go out Saturday night? Not do you want to go to the prom? Understood. And uh, yeah, maybe just a sock hop or two for Terrell Edmonds. And if they get themselves a Dax Hill or a Lewis scene, and they start taking away playing time. I might be fine with that as well. So um, let's talk, Mike, a little bit more then about the linebackers because that's interesting to me. And Traylon Burks, we're talking about trying to bet on who the Steelers take to win some money. Those are pretty good odds at plus 500 for a wide receiver and plus 2,000 for a linebacker. Although when I talk with Williamson, I don't know if it's necessarily that he's not as high on Lloyd as a player as you are, but he's not that keen on taking the inside linebacker in part because he thinks other needs will be able to be addressed probably with the defensive backs more than anything else at that point on the board. And he thinks there's some really intriguing prospects on day two at inside linebacker who could help them. Yeah. I'll buy the intriguing prospects on day two part, but Tim, uh, ever since Ryan Shazier got hurt, inside linebacker's been a problem. It's been a and black they've been, hole. Yeah. They've been trying to fix it, and they haven't. And even if they finally have fixed it, you know, I, I saw this video uh, that somebody posted of Devin Bush working out, and he didn't have a shirt on, and he was running through some cones rapid fire on a field. Of, oh, my God, he's back. He's going to be great. Well, I need to see a little more than a guy working out in the sun in the summertime. But even if he's back and really good, and even if Miles Jack is a better fit here than he was in Jacksonville, and he's good, that's only two. They need more than two, and that is the, the hub of the defense. It's yeah, the think about piece. how often Robert Spillane has played over the last yeah, few years. Do you want to, does anybody want to see Marcus Allen and Robert Spillane on the field at that position ever again? No, I not do that not. Position. I want them in special teams yeah. and nothing else. I do not want those guys taking defensive snaps, and they both got a lot of them. So I think, you know, uh, the other positions to me are, are equally, if not more important. But if you're going to make this bet, unless they, you know, unless Kevin Colbert calls you and tells you, hey, if, you know, if this guy's on the board, we're taking him. I mean, the, the plus 2,000, that's a, that's a home run, right? He's, he's low risk and high reward. That's, that's how I approach these kind of plays. I, 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 I don't, the, the only I don't want a lot that. of little gains. I want to hit one. Big one. No, I got you. I just think there's there's only one option there. It's Devin Lloyd or they're not taking one. I don't think there's another inside linebacker they take. Um, not a 20, no. But no, are... I don't know if there's another team that's going to take Lloyd before them. I'll throw that out there. I mean, I've, I've seen him mock to the Patriots quite a bit, but that's after the Steelers. And I do suppose that the Patriots could trade in front of the Steelers to get him, but they're more inclined, it seems, year after year to trade back. Now, one thing that might come into play, Mike, and I found this interesting – um, we all talked at great length about the saints and trades that they made to get a second pick because, well, they might take a quarterback off the board. There's some rumbling, at least at the time that we're speaking. And I don't think anything's been consummated by the time I, I post this podcast. Maybe that'll be the case, but the Ravens have been rumored to want to move up and the Ravens have been rumored to want to move up because of Kayvon Thibodeau that apparently they really like him. They're not as put off by the flashy, ostentatious, let me advance my brand. They just want somebody that can get after the quarterback. 
He seems uh, like that kind of guy, doesn't he? Yeah, he seems like a Raven. Like, they're not going to be yeah. concerned. Harbaugh's not going to care anything about that. Really good player, by the way, too. I don't, I don't know. He did some goofy things. And he he ran at the combine, then he didn't drill, and he said, I want to wait till my pro day. And there's some um, – let's just say he's a nuanced guy. And yeah. <laughs> not necessarily a cookie-cutter, put-me-in-coach, you know, everybody's all-American type guy. But, I but think, they I think, want him, apparently. I think he's outstanding. Just before we get too far off the track, some of those guys you were talking about that Williamson loved, those inside linebacker uh, down-the-road options, if you will, you know, mm-hmm. beyond the first round. Uh, there's a kid out of Montana State named Troy Anderson who ran a 4-4-2. Uh, he looks like an outstanding prospect, but he's from Montana State. Uh, Chad Moon. Well, they might Mont- take a quarterback from Liberty, so you can give me a linebacker from Montana State yeah. then. Uh, Chad Mooma from Wyoming. Uh, yeah, we were talking about him. Yep. The the backstory there is Logan Wilson of the Bengals uh, came out of Wyoming a year ago and did great. Uh, really a great fit for Cincinnati. And Mooma plays the same position at the same school in the same conference. And they're very similar, uh, you know, with the measurables. So there's a lot of people projecting he's going to be a really good NFL player. And I can never talk about this stuff too much, Tim, without – Going back to Sweet Home Alabama, Tuscaloosa, Christian Harris, yep. uh, a, a smaller guy at six foot and two twenty six, but ran a four four. And boy, if you go back and look at that national championship game again, he's all over the field. Uh, really good instincts, uh, playmaker. Not necessarily take your head off, but he gets you on the ground. Uh, there was a play in that Georgia game. He was being blocked and falling to the ground, and he still had the presence to reach out and get a hand on the running back. Uh, you know, didn't blow it up, but he got got the play stopped. I think he's a really good player. I'm, I'm very partial to these Alabama guys and my man, Channing Tindall from uh, Georgia. Project- what about the Wisconsin guy? Uh, Leo Chanel, number five. Yeah. yeah. Another good one. He, by the way, he wore number five and uh, I don't know if I'm dating myself, you know, the Chanel number five jokes. Uh, <laughs> there used to be this perfume that women liked and it was called Chanel number five. Yeah. This is, this is Chanel number five, but yeah. I Bucky believe now Bad- it's just called stripper deluxe, but yeah. yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Bucky Badger linebacker. You're not going to turn that down. Come on. Yeah. So those are some guys that could be kicked around. Um, but you know, the, the thing that I was going out with Kayvon Thibodeau, by the way, is that if they like him and they take themselves out of the Jordan Davis sweepstakes, that gives the Steelers life there. It does, but I can't see Davis getting past the chargers. You think the Chargers are the hitch more so than the Ravens? I mean, did, did anybody see the Chargers play? Did the Chargers see the Chargers play last year? Good point. I, I agree. The run, de- the run defense is hideous. I and agree. I mean, yeah, it certainly helped the Steelers get in the playoffs. I know that. And, you know, I think Jordan Davis is uh, instant run defense. It's like the old James Harrison line when he talked about knocking uh, uh, Cribs uh, out of the game years ago during the uh, player safety initiative days. He said, hey, no more Wildcat. You know, I mean, <laughs> put Jordan Davis in, no more run defense problem. That's it. Up next, what do we got to do now? But uh, Willis and Pickett, I know Roethlisberger kind of hinted that he thought that they might go with one of the two of them. He even said that Willis was going to take his number seven. Now, of course, that's Ben being Ben. He's, ar- he's already playing victim about his number, and the kid hasn't even been drafted yet, and they're not going to give him number seven. <laughs> no, they're not. I don't. But I thought I, he wore number one. Long- it's going to be a long time, if ever, you see number seven again, as it should be. That one should be shelved. Did you dive all the way into special teams? For the draft? Yeah. I did not. No. That's Danny Smith's problem. 
Harvin going to be his problem, or are they going to get themselves another punter? What's the punter from from uh, San Diego State? I wonder how high he goes. The guy oh, that kicks it eighty God, yards. Yeah, the- <laughs> guy does everything, and they were they were celebrating him at the combine, and he kicked one ninety yards or something. I, this has been a running almost joke on the morning show because you know Randy Bauman comes from the kicking Bauman family. His brother Charlie Bauman was yes. an NFL place kicker, and Randy kicked at IUP and all. They he loves to talk about punters. I'm like, I don't care. Get some, somebody has to punt it, get it to go past the line of scrimmage. The Steelers, if you look at their Super Bowl history, they won with guys like Mitch Berger and Bobby Walden. Yes. Uh, no offense to Mitch Berger and Bobby Walden. They're not memorable. Uh, you know, gee, we were almost Ray Guy and almost made the Hall of Fame kind of players. They punted because somebody had to. I, there are always, to me, many, 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 many more problems and concerns on a football team than who punts. I think the biggest problem with Corliss Williamson and Presley Harvin last year is that they were on the field too friggin' much. I think that was the problem. <laughs> yeah, get them to do less. I like that theory. Over under right now, two and a half quarterbacks. Do you see Corral getting in? Maybe. I, I would stay away from this one. Uh, initially, my thought was under. By the way, I think Pickett is going to Carolina at six. I, I feel so like. Do you think there's a lot of smoke screening going on with Carolina? Because it seemed like a lock for the longest time. And now there's like people saying you won't even go in the first round. I think he's going to Carolina at six. Uh, I just look at, at the fit for him. Again, you know, with, with his tiny little inadequate hands. Cabbage patch hands, yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he's Kenny Cabbage patch. There. And if you're that Carolina staff, man, you got Sam Darnold, who you're probably not doing backflips over, and you got nothing else. You got to have a plan B, right? You don't have a pick in the second and third round. Matt Rule, he ain't drafting a guy for 2023 because he doesn't know if he's going to be the coach in 2023. So he better be drafting a guy for 2022. And I'm going to assume his GM's on the same page there. Uh, the two individual player props I like the best are Pickett to Carolina at number six. And I think that's only plus 150. It's not uh, it's not great odds because uh, everybody else seems to be adding up two and two and coming up with four. But uh, here's here's maybe my I, I favorite. Could give you, I could give you Pickett at plus 125 to be the first quarterback drafted before Willis, who's at minus 190. And to me, that just that doesn't make a lot of sense. for. And it, it's plus 150 if Carolina's the team that drafts Pickett. Okay, they, so it's a they, little bit more. All right. They, they also list New Orleans, Seattle, Atlanta, Pittsburgh, Washington, Indianapolis, Philly, Detroit, Houston, and Minnesota. But Carolina is the, the odds-on favorite. The one I also really love is uh, third overall pick, Ahmad Gardner, the cornerback from Cincinnati. And I refuse to call him Sauce until he actually gets in the NFL and, and does something. You don't get to take your nickname. You're, you're, you're who you are. Uh, Magic Gardner, got to take his. Magic was the exception. Uh, Gardner is plus 600 to be third overall. Now, if you look at the corners, I like uh, Stingley from LSU better than I like Gardner, but Stingley's another one of those guys you don't really know, right? He had a, he, he had a great year, and then he had an inconsistent year, and now he's coming off a Liz Frank injury. But his upside, ever since I saw the, the practice tape from LSU – uh, during the combine where he was all over Jamar Chase. He's my guy, but most everybody else thinks Gardner is clearly the best cornerback, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't have to work very hard to find somebody who thinks Gardner is the head of the cornerback class. Lovey Smith's picking third with Houston, and he made a public comment. I guess he was doing uh, in Houston what Mike Tomlin and Kevin Colbert did this week and, you know, just doing a pre-draft press conference. Yeah. 
he had a line of, of, I think I'm remembering this verbatim. We can't play the type of football we want to play until we get better at the cornerback position. And I think they're still so bad that they're not going to go draft their quarterback and risk Tim couching them and, you know, putting them in and exposing him to a team that is clearly not ready to win and isn't going to be ready to win. So, you know, let Davis Mills get the crap beat out of him for a while longer while you, while you get other good stuff. And if you, if Lovey Smith thinks he needs corners to play Lovey Smith football, why wouldn't he take the best cornerback at the third pick? And that's plus 600. If it's no, it's a, I agree. That's that makes a lot of sense to me. That's laid out really well. So uh, I'm on board with that. If it's Willis and Pickett and they're both still on the board at 20, who do the Steelers take? Or do they take somebody else? It's a great question. I know I'd take Willis because I'm, again, same kind of theory with Stingley. Same thing with the Ravens and uh, Thibodeau. I'm shooting for the moon with these picks, with these first rounders. I can get guys that I can plug in and they can be okay. And, they, you know, they're not going to get me beat and stuff like that. Uh, you can find those guys in subsequent rounds. But in the first round, I want special, Tim. I want a difference maker. I want outstanding. I want all pro, uh, potentially. Uh, Maybe you don't get it. Maybe you swing and miss. But, you know, Dave Kingman struck out a lot. He hit a lot of home runs. Babe Ruth struck out a lot. He hit a lot of home runs. I'm trying to hit a home run. Uh, To me, Willis is the the potential home run. Uh, Bucky Brooks of the NFL Network was talking about him. I can't remember if it was his pro day or the combine. But you talk about the upside that everybody sees in him because of his athleticism. And uh, Brooks, he said the last guy that came into the NFL with this kind of fil- this kind of physical skill set, he mentioned Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, and Patrick Mahomes. And he said it hit for all those guys, and they're all stars. It it might hit for Malik Willis. He wasn't predicting it to hit, but I haven't I haven't heard anybody compare Kenny Pickett to Patrick Mahomes. No, I've heard compare him to Andy Dalton or Matt Corral. I've heard people compare. Uh, Sam Howell to Baker Mayfield. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't want Baker. I don't want Andy. No offense to those guys. I want Josh Allen. Yeah. See, I I may not want Malik Willis if Jordan Davis is on the board. I may not want Malik Willis if you know Dax Hill or you know some of these other guys that we've talked about. Um, it depends on. There's this weird thing with Kyle Hamilton. Every time I look up, he's going from over under ten and a half, over under eleven and a half, over under twelve and a half. Uh, he's to me is worthwhile trading up for. I don't think they'll I think do that's, it. I think that's safety bias. Yeah, I, I agree. I don't, I don't think there's anything wrong with that guy. <laughs> no, no, nothing. I he ran a little slow. So what? Yeah, I, he makes plays fast. I know that when I've seen him. I mean, when I say slow, I think it was four or five or something. I mean, it was relative. Um, I think that guy's special. That's the kind of guy I'm talking about. Like if I'm picking in the first because he has a chance to be special. So yes. take the chance. You, you don't, you don't get there playing it safe. You don't. And, and maybe you're wrong and maybe it costs you. And maybe you're trying to fill the same position two years from now. Cause you effed it up this time, but Hey, that's, a, you know, that's the price of doing business in the big leagues. I just, and I think a lot of people know that and feel that way and get itchy and go up and get quarterbacks. And that's why Daniel Jones gets drafted too high. You know, that mentality. Yeah. So, but does but, he stink or is it, is he getting Tim couched in New York? Because they've well, been so bad. I mean, then I wouldn't have traded up to get him, or I wouldn't, or I wouldn't have taken him to get Tim Couched. I would have let some other backup do it. Right, you know? and that's and that's the theory why people say, and this is not a ridiculous theory by any stretch. You had to build the team and then go get the quarterback. 
But in the case of Malik Willis, you can get the quarterback, but you don't have to play him if you're the Steelers. You've got Mitch. Mitch Trubisky is the perfect uh, placeholder bridge guy. And hey, maybe Trubisky will outperform and realize the lofty expectations that people once had for him. I think he's a good athletic player. I think he's a tough competitor. He, I, I've talked to him for 10 minutes. He seems like a good guy. If I got too many quarterbacks two years from now, it's, I'm, that's okay. I can deal with that. I'd rather have too many than not enough. Look at the way these guys are moving around now. and get, All of a sudden, you can trade quarterbacks. It, it used to be people wouldn't even think of doing that. If you had a good one, that was it. That guy was going to die on your 40-yard line, <laughs> and you were going to bury him there. I mean, you would defend him. That's uh, pretty much what they did with Ben, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, don't worry about down the road. If, if you think he can be the guy, go get him. That, that's my thinking on Willis. Well, I, I think they do get a third quarterback in the first round because I just I don't see I frankly don't see either of the two of them getting to 20. I think they're both going to be gone. And I think Corral sneaks into like a Tennessee or maybe Detroit. If Detroit goes somewhere else with the second pick, um, somebody trading into the first round to get a quarterback. I think a lot of people like Corral. They just don't like him too high. Uh, that seems to be the buzz around him. You know, the so, only thing I don't like about him is his build. Yeah, he's too slight for the way he plays. Yeah. But boy, yeah. is he courageous. And, uh, and, you know, he's got a great release. The, the more I studied this stuff, it, we were all told going into the, you know, pre-draft evaluation period, oh, there's no great quarterbacks. These guys all stink. They don't. They don't. They have they got some flaws. Um, they got to be in the right spot like everybody does. But uh, these guys are going to win some games. Kenny Pickett's going to have a good career. I think Matt Corral's going to win some games. Uh, Desmond Ritter, another guy. Well, I wish he was bigger and stronger and, and, and had a, a, a better uh, physical base, but uh, he, he's going to win some games. I just think the difference to me is there's one guy that can do a whole lot more than win some games. Last thing, your guy, Walker, does he go over or under 47 and a half? Well, I mocked him 32nd to Detroit. <laughs> so better go under. <laughs> but I also uh, mocked uh, Willis second to Detroit. I think if Detroit doesn't take Willis, and this is just me looking at it from afar and saying that's a, they're like the Steelers. Jared Goff doesn't stink. Uh, they can win some games with him. And they've got, I think, five picks in the first 95 or something like that. So they can afford to take Willis and develop him and still get plenty of upgrades for the current team. And they're also not in win-right-now mode. they got a second-year staff, so yeah. second-year head coach. Uh, you know, they're not expecting to go to the Super Bowl. So to me, he would be a great uh, fit for the Lions because of the potential wow splash factor. Um, but I don't know. Another, another guy that uh, David Ajabo from Michigan, Achilles injury. I mean, this guy might be a better pro than Hutchinson. He's, mm -hmm. you know, he comes from Nigeria through Scotland and he doesn't know the game yet. And he's still figuring it out. Uh, I don't know about Achilles injuries are a little different than knee injuries. It's a little bit sketchier, but uh, there's a lot of guys in this draft that that have questions, but also have great potential. And it's how do people view them as that relates to the quarterbacks, Tim, we've all been down this road many times. I think these teams on, you know, today and when they're on the clock and in the hours leading up to, they're going to start thinking, oh, we better get to, we better not pass on the quarterback. We yeah, that's what I'm saying. They get itchy. I, 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 my initial suspicion for quarterback was under, I, if I was going to bet that I'd bet over. And I think you're going to see trades. There are a bunch of teams with multiple first-round picks. Yep. I, think, I think you're going to see some movement. Yep. Everybody wants to go down, or so it seems. So if you're going up, you ain't going up for, you know, 
average. Uh, you're going up for what you think is potentially great, and that would be a quarterback in my in my humble opinion. All right, we got about 10 minutes left. We'll talk some hockey, and we'll talk about the Pirates when we come back or how to bet against the Pirates when we come back. This is Go to where it says starting pitcher when it says Mitch Keller, bet on the other team. Brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the app today or go to BetRivers.com. Hey, do me a favor. Bring that mic down a little bit and tilt it towards you like mine if you can. So, yeah, try that. Now talk into it. Check, check, check. That's better. Yeah. Now move okay. it up a little bit. There you go. All yeah. right. Yeah. All right. Three, two, and one. All right. Final 10 minutes or so here in the Pittsburgh City Cast. Mike Pursuit of Tim Benz. Make sure you listen to Mike and the DV morning show from Vegas for the draft. Go back and listen to our Matt Williamson podcast before the draft. And frankly, even after round one, we've got a ton of second and third day stuff included in those draft podcasts with Matt, each of them throughout the course of this week and actually dating back to Friday of last week as well. Mike, let's talk about the Penguins and uh, their state of affairs, and it ain't good. Actually, hockey in general for me the last couple nights has been lousy. Um, I try to employ my football school of thought where I tend to clean up all the time in weeks like 16, 17, I guess 17 and 18 now. Teams that need it versus teams that don't. That's blown up in my face, be it Vegas, be it Dallas, being the Canadians losing nine in a row, then winning the frigging Coyotes losing 10 in a row, then winning two in a row to bust up uh, parlays. Right with you. You've you been down this path with me. Canadians, Coyotes and Vegas are public enemies. Number one, two and three this week. They have, my they, God. They have ruined some otherwise very astute uh, three, four, five teamers. So what should we do with that being the case is the Penguins host the Blue Jackets on Friday night. It's one that the Penguins kind of need, I guess, if you want to avoid Florida and get the Rangers. And for a couple reasons, that's looking more and more important. The first of which is, well, the Rangers, they've lost three in a row, including ones of the Canadians. Yeah, I, you know, I haven't seen the number yet. Uh, it's probably not going to be friendly what, for the Pens. Yeah, I, you would think they're. This would be very Penguin-esque to me to buck up for one last home game against... Minus 345 on yeah. Jersey off your back night for the final night, potentially, for regular season hockey for Latang, Malkin, and Rust. I mean, I'm not giving that, uh, but, you know, try to find uh, a couple, three partners. Uh, I, I could see the Penguins playing really well and, and beating Columbus soundly and then say, ah, oh, see, we're fine, we're ready to go, blah, blah, blah. Uh, they're they're reeling to me. Uh, I, I won't trust them as far as I can throw them. Uh, in the playoffs, maybe St. Louis against the Knights because the Knights have to be cooked after the way they've flopped down the stretch here. There's a partner potentially for you. Yeah. Bit of an uh, agonizing loss last night. I caught some of that out here. I, I bet you did. Yeah. Uh, it, but the Penguins, you're right about that. And they have really hit the skids. You know, this is a little thing. And, um, you know, I don't want to attach too much weight to it, but it's just emblematic of who they are right now. And, you know, the detachment they have from what they say and what they talk about versus what they actually do on the ice. You know, Kasperi Kapanen in postgame the other night after they lost 5-1 against Connor McDavid and the Oilers, he throws out this thing about how our dump-ins were bad and we kept giving the puck to Mike Smith and we knew he was a good goaltender handling the puck and we kept giving it to him anyway. And then Pedersen and Sullivan afterwards both talk about how it was talked about, it was discussed, and they went and they did it anyway. You know, and, and Sullivan sort of, 
soft shoot it and said, well, it was more a matter of execution. It's not like they weren't aware of it. Whereas I got the impression from the players that they were aware of it. They just did it anyway. And golly, if it didn't come back to bite us. Well, yeah, it did. And this is crap that they've been doing now for four years, ever since I think the Sullivan effect started to wear off. What do you think? I think their biggest problem is they give up too many goals, Tim. And I know their numbers are pretty good uh, for the, the entirety of the season. I think they're probably still a top 10 team in goals against and their penalty kills had a lot of good stretches, but look at the game the other night. Okay. The, uh, uh, the loss uh, to Edmonton uh, on one of the goals, Kapanen's out there and uh, I forget who it was, had the puck. And he goes down to one knee and he sticks his stick out. And all the guy does is change the angle a little bit and then shoot and score. Run through it. You're allowed to hit the guy with the puck. You know, I mean, if, if you're going to block a shot, you should be right in front of it and go down and sell out to it. Sticking your stick out in, in a half-assed manner does nothing but take you out of the play. Another one of the goals, it was a three-on-four. And they had no idea about the defensive zone coverage. And, and I think that was the one that... Uh, Kane scored. Uh, they ended up getting a great look and, and a goal. Another one of the uh, power play goals that Edmonton got in the third period. Crystal Tang is standing right next to the guy, as he often does, and there's a rebound, and he does nothing. He's watching the guy whack in the rebound. It, it, the more I watch the Penguins now, the more I'm starting to think that their defensive prowess, and I'm doing the uh, air quotes thing, uh, throughout the majority of the regular season was because Tristan Jari was playing so well. And then he started stumbling a little bit, and then he got hurt. And now they're just too easy to score against. Um, and they don't score at, enough either, Mike. You know, like one goal against Edmonton, one against Philly, yeah. four against at, Boston, that was okay. One against Boston. Yeah. What they haven't taken to heart is one of the Sullivanisms. You know, you can generate offense off a of good defense. And, you know, some of the plays Matheson's made uh, in recent games, you know, a poke check in the neutral zone turns into a two on O or, a, you know, jumping on a loose puck and, and, and head manning it up quickly. Uh, their numbers, when they give up two or fewer goals, their numbers are ridiculous. They're very, very, very hard to beat. And when they give up three or more, they're, they're much more likely to lose. And I don't think they're going to go into the playoffs with a defense first mentality. I don't think they're going to be physical enough either in front of their net or in the offensive zone to get to the net. Remember when Jake Gensel scored his 40th mm -hmm. and uh, we were celebrating that in the media room and he was talking about it was a cool number. But even Jake Gensel said, hey, it's it's much different in the playoffs. You know, you could score as much as you want in the regular season. It's harder to do in the playoffs. Look at Jake Gensel's numbers since the Capital Series. You have to look hard. They're hard to find. He was great in the Capital Series and they're just not good enough. And really you know, good in the Florida series. It's not in the Florida series, the yeah. Philadelphia series before that. I think he had four goals in a game or something they, like that. They don't play a playoff style game. They're not they're not good enough to to be able to overcome that with, you know, dazzling uh talent and, and top end speed or skill. And they, they've become a team that uh is able to battle through and and produce in a regular season. And hey, that's I'm not gonna criticize them for that. I'm not gonna criticize them for making the playoffs sixteen years in a row, even though one year it was the qualifying round which mm -hmm. implies that you had to win that to qualify but they call that postseason fine whatever but i just i i don't uh have optimism going into the playoffs i don't see a scenario uh where they do well other than you mentioned you know the rangers are scuffling and they haven't won anything in the postseason in a while hell florida hasn't won anything since losing the uh stanley cup final to colorado in 96 it is a different game but i just i, I really don't like the way the penguins are trending
their uh, futures odds plus 2100. I can't believe they're that high. I can't believe the Blues, Stars, Caps, Preds, and Kings are all below the Penguins when it comes to Stanley Cup gambling odds. That's how bad the Penguins have been. Um, Pirates. Can you you bet on them to lose? What's that? Yeah, can you bet the field? (laughs) I don't know what the field number is against the Penguins. Probably prohibitive, but it's not going to prohibit me. I'll take the field against the Penguins. Trust me. Um, How about baseball, Mike? How much you've been uh, playing baseball here in the last couple of weeks? A little bit here and there. You know, uh, some of the the Reds have been uh, pretty regular. Our Buckos, uh, by the way, already losing at the time of our recording. It's one nothing top of the first Milwaukee. Um, you know, the Mitch Keller hasn't won a game yet. I don't know if I've mentioned that or not in these last couple of podcasts that we've done, uh, letting it, letting it percolate for the most part, but keeping an eye on it and uh, diving in here and there. Nothing, uh, nothing exciting, stupid uh, diamondbacks ruined a parlay yesterday. We, uh, you found a couple, uh, real reliable, uh, pieces to the puzzle last year uh i think we'll see those before too long i do i do know none of those pieces were as reliable as the reds have been so far over the first 18 games yeah i I do notice the pirates have gotten to the stage of the season where they're calling up guys from altoona that i've never heard of and they're ending up in the games so Mm -hmm. that's that's encouraging to me Um, i thought bob walk had a great line yesterday when they had that dueling no hitter thing going on and at least at least in the case of the pirates the starter wasn't a part of it (laughs) He said, it's not going to be too long before you see the complete game become more rare than the no-hitter. Now, somebody threw one the other day, huh? Yeah, they did. But um, I, don't I don't know how who. many complete games there have been. And there was almost I, a perfect game. So. No, I mean, a complete game is what I was referencing. Somebody threw one. In oh, the I thought you league. said somebody threw a no-hitter. No, I believe it was the first complete game in the major leagues. I can't remember the guy. Might be the last this year, too. Yeah. I, I hate the way they play baseball now. I, I really don't like it. All right, Mike. So, so what's the plan, by the way, for the draft? What are you guys doing? Well, uh, I'm going to do a little hit for Steelers.com here uh, shortly, and then uh, we're going to attend the first round, and then we're going to tape up uh, Friday's DVE morning show after the first round, and uh, hopefully be talking about Williston. That's going to be a headline a lot, isn't it? You just hit me with that. <laughs> what you're talking about, Willis, is going to be out there a lot. In Pittsburgh media. I think a lot of Pittsburgh fans are going to phrase it. What are you talking about, Willis? (laughs) I might steal that tomorrow if he's drafted. Don't be surprised. This is the Pittsburgh City cast, and we'll wrap it up next week when Mike comes back to Pittsburgh from Vegas. And uh, we'll also make sure we kick it around a bunch uh, over the first couple of days next week as well. Read all of our coverage at the Trib. Listen to Mike as well on the DVE morning show. We are brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the app today or go to betrivers.com.